Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. So, before we really, I really get into asking you a bunch of questions, um, my first question is, would you mind being on a podcast? Uh... You know what? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, I I don't. Uh, well, I'm not sure what I might have to give. But literally, this is all it is. Like just sitting here talking. Yeah. And I'm figure I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions anyway because I'm just genuinely curious about your dogs, how they hunt, and all that jazz. Um, so I just figured, sure. sure. If you were cool with it, we'd record it. If it's good, possibly use it. If not. No big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's okay. I wouldn't say say any, anything different either way. So. <laughs> Just tell me a little bit about yourself. How long you been hunting? Well, ah, <laughs> uh, man. You know, uh, my <clears throat> my dad had hounds, and uh, you know, I was kind of born into that. But uh, you know, uh, I suppose, you know, I hate to even admit this, but, you, you know, well, one thing, I I, uh, I and my brother kind of cut our teeth hunting bear in my dad's bee yards. And, uh, uh, you know, when we were in our teens anyway. Okay. So that would make it, you know, at least 50 years ago anyway. Now, are you from... Nevada, California, out that way. You, you know, I, yeah, I was born in California, and uh, I I was actually raised uh, in Oregon. Okay. And, uh, uh, but uh, anyway, you know, and and I came to Nevada in uh, the early 70s anyway and and uh went to work as a sub guide for uh uh ray rawls who who used to work for the outfit uh, they had five full-time lion hunters uh wow in in nevada prior to that anyway and uh and he was one of them and wiley carroll was one of them mm -hmm. and uh anyway uh I, I was friends with uh, Wiley from my youth as well. So anyway, uh, and I went to work uh, guiding for Ray Rawls. And, uh... Hey, everyone. Just wanted to take a moment to let you know at this point in the recording, I had a technical glitch. It caused me to lose about a minute of what Daryl was saying. We hop back after you just explained transitioning out of guiding and attempting to work for the state of California as a lion hunter hire some lion hunters in California after the, you know, they put the moratorium on them. And uh, mm. uh, so Steve Mathis, who really, uh, not, I learned uh, maybe more from him than anybody, but he, anyway, he, he got me a, a position in California uh, trapping and uh, uh, 
for for coyotes and uh he you know it was going to work into that but uh they they didn't get the funding they were hoping and you know that that position never uh turned up well it did but you know 20 years after the fact so okay wow you've known like all the the big time you know the old school lion hunters that are you know well known um you know i've I have both Steve Mathis's Brave book and then I have uh, Wiley Carroll's book. Uh, I forget what it like American Lion hunt, Hunting. Hunt, 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 hunting American Lion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I've started both. I've not finished either. Um, <laughs> life with yeah. two little kids right now. Well, yeah, and and uh, they were both great lion hunters and and good men that uh, you know shared their knowledge and. Uh, and uh, they, you know, they, they spent their whole life, uh, Wiley particularly. <clears throat> Steve really was an excellent writer. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he talked a lot about his, his dogs and, and stuff like that. Wiley, you know, never, one thing, he never wrote much about his own personal experiences, his his book is made up, uh, you know, and he he was this, uh, absolute, uh, most uh, inquisitive and student of of hunting and trapping and and uh, and anything to do with uh, uh, animal damage control and fur trapping, and he he would uh, when he was young he would trap. Uh, fur and sell the fur uh you know his income and then then he would just uh pack his suitcase and a few dogs and he would he would go stay with you know all the foremost lion hunters in the in the west and uh hunt with them pick their brain do all of that you know and uh, that sounds awesome uh, i would love to do that yeah yeah and uh you know he's he's he collected information that would have been lost mm-hmm. forever you know without that and uh yeah and he you know he 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 worked when he, when he got out of the service he worked uh for dale lee uh you know and in, in mexico and and uh he he's hunted all over the state mm-hmm. or all over the west and and plus he he corresponded ponderously uh with with everybody that uh, he might not have went and and spent time with them but mm-hmm. uh he he uh collected a lot a lot of uh of information from them and their their ideas and stuff uh anyway uh there's just nobody that knew more about lions and than wiley uh but he, you know he just you know he, he 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 scattered it out and went off to so many different rabbit trails and <laughs> stuff it it's really hard to to get it all together and yeah and like i say the big shame is he just didn't write that much about his own experiences mm-hmm. oh yeah that would i'm sure that would have been very entertaining and informational just living a life like that yeah so now you said you got started with your dad's hounds. What kind of hounds did you guys have back then? Well, 
you know, he had he had uh, black and tans and, and red bones and saddlebacks, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mostly anyway. And uh, that, that's that's what he he started out with. I well, I, and I, like Steve's dogs, they they weren't actually red bones; they were just red red mm -hmm. colored hounds. But uh, gotcha. Yeah. Now, when you got started hunting on your own, is that what you hunted, or had you already got something else? You, you know, uh, I I kind of started out with that, and then. Uh, uh i i drifted into well just uh, uh in oregon especially on the east side there they breed uh, the these uh great bobcat dogs and mm -hmm. uh you know they you know they they catch a hundred cats a year some of those guys uh in uh francis baker and a few of them and, and uh they anyway they are are in especially in brush country but they're just really really uh good bobcat dogs and and i i crossed some of them with steve's dogs and or some guys crossed them in and, mm -hmm. and uh but anyway and steve's dogs were were somewhat like that but but anyhow uh you know i i hunted that kind of a dog and steve's dog uh well, Steve's dog mainly, but uh, I I crossed in, or I got dogs when they crossed into mine. So. Okay. Uh, and and I had those dogs uh, up until uh, I came back to Nevada, and uh, you know I had a uh, a dog out of Dale Lee's last dog that uh, Richard Holcomb uh Dale's last male dog anyway they bred it to Richard Holcomb's dog who were you know southwest lion dogs you know mm -hmm. going back to you know all those guys uh, particularly in New Mexico and uh I for a while in Oregon I really kind of went out of the the hound hunting business uh, I I worked for wildlife services then well it was animal damage control land but anyway mm -hmm. uh uh i <clears throat> they wanted me to be a troubleshooter on problems and and uh, uh i had to travel all over doing work on that mostly coyote work and then they were trying to get a fixed wing program going there with uh, <clears throat> super cubs and uh because helicopters is what they'd been doing, and and they just had e each trapping district. You know, he did the gunning for them on mm -hmm. helicopters, but uh, airplane gunning is uh, a lot more difficult. And I think and so. uh, you know it anyway. Uh, so so I I helped them get that program started with you know the same pilot, same gunner for everywhere in every case so have you uh basically done ahead. animal damage control like your entire career y yeah except you know that that period of time uh uh that i i guided was ray mm -hmm. rawls gotcha. i actually i actually was a logger in eastern oregon uh 
and you know just pleasure hunted uh you know since i, I suppose i was uh 18 17 18 uh and you know i always had dogs and uh i got i got a uh pair from steve and and kind of line bred them till well till i i went back to california well went back to nevada i mean okay well i know the one big reason i contacted you was you've uh had a line of chemicals for a long time what made you switch to them well you know uh I, I guess it's kind of like everybody, uh, my very early thoughts was that a, a cur was a mongrel, you know, uh, just another term for them and uh, a mixture of several different breeds and in uh, uh, close up. I mean, even hounds are, mm-hmm. you know, have a, a little different lineage. But anyway, they, these dogs, uh, uh, been bred a long time for uh well originally in in tennessee and in the southeast uh in in a lot of the country uh particularly uh pioneer families and uh stuff like that in appalachia they they uh you know couldn't afford a a pack of hounds you know to hunt with and and uh you know, they had to feed their families, and and uh, they they ran their livestock out. So they they needed a dog that, you know, they could do everything with, and uh, and uh, including catch his own feed and and food for them, and uh, you know, fur and, and food. So uh, they, you know, they the these families in these areas uh, would. Uh, come up with a dog no matter you know whether it was part this and part that mm-hmm. but but uh they they would one one neighbor would have a really really good dog and and they'd take their really good dog and they'd breed them and and people would take pups and whichever one turned out the best in there you know that's that's how they they just bred them back and forth with uh you know, in, in those areas. And, and, uh, they, they ended up with a dog that, uh, you know, could, <laughs> was smart and, uh, handleable, but, uh, also gamey, you know, mm-hmm. and these dogs by and large were more silent than open, you know, yep. for, for, you know, fur dogs, uh, game dogs anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, this kind of went on, uh, you know, of course, definitely through the Depression. But then after World War II, people started getting uh, uh, off the farm and jobs. And, uh, you know, they, they had more money and leisure time. But, uh, you know, a lot a lot of coon hunters, you know, it was a community thing to get together uh, and, and uh, uh, hunt together and you know swap 
dogs back and forth, but 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 they were hounds, you know, at that time, and they had money and and uh, time. So uh, anyway, but the, the guys with curs, they they didn't want them along for one thing. They they were silent and they'd catch whatever before. <laughs> The, the hounds got going and uh and so th- they started uh fading out you know people wanted to be part of the uh group for one thing and and uh anyway a few individuals went through the the those mountain countries and and uh, uh started buying or picking up these dogs and and kind of saving uh the breed you know and by that time they they you know they all kind of looked alike and acted alike uh yep. you know uh when you when you just cross dogs even even though the same you know like walkers there's some of them that are genetically just a whole lot different than than others you know on mm-hmm. the outside they might look the same but but they're uh, came up through different groups and ways, and so anyway, uh, you know. But when you when you cross a hound with a shepherd, uh, which most people kind of think that's what a cur is, uh, you know. And, I've seen and some hound border collie crosses, and they look very very similar to a lot of other curs. Right, and and uh, you know the trouble is, and people do that uh, fact. There's a whole lot of corrective breeding going on where anyway, they think, well, you know, I'll cross these two and, and, and I'll get a dog that can cold trail like a hound and, and do all the good things I like about a hound and do all the good things I like about a shepherd and uh, have a great universal dog. And the trouble of it is it's like breeding a big and small dog together instead of getting a litter of medium-sized dogs you get big ones and little ones yep and uh, doesn't always but, split right down the middle yeah but in time you can you can select and and eventually end up with uh at least close to what you know what you've done uh or what you want mm-hmm. but you know by and large, it takes years, and it's hard for one guy, especially to oh, yeah. do it. You know, yeah, so like you it, said, it, that guys that came back and they kind of found the original Mountain Cur Breeder Association, they definitely saved the Mountain Curs. Yeah, you know, yeah, they did. Like you said, they would have gone to the wayside just because most people, like you said, moved off farms and they didn't need that all-purpose dog anymore. So, yeah, they were they were looking for a pleasure dog, uh, and uh, and that and and you know i mean hounds can get the job done uh when it you know when when it comes to catching game it's it's just uh that wasn't this was the efficient way and uh with curves and 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 myself too at, at first uh i i i equated coal trailing with uh round heads and low slung ears and and a lot of ear and mm-hmm. uh uh in in the southwest uh from you know forever uh the the 
the lion dogs that you know they were kind of like the curs in a way but those dogs uh uh were uh these guys bred them together and and they produced what you'd call a southwest lion dog and they yeah. they were really good at that and they were really cold nosed uh uh but anyway getting back the ears and the head uh you know i i i don't believe now that uh yeah it has anything to do with the outward characteristics in fact i think all dogs have the ability to scent the same and uh but it, it's not in their nose and uh it's in their brain and uh some dogs just uh don't don't have that desire to uh-huh. cold trail and uh uh and and some do to and to an extreme, you know, and they they cross with bloodhounds into them, and and uh, you know they you you go out hunting and dogs strike an old track, and they open and they go a ways, and then then they just make a lose and can never pick it up, and you think, oh man, if they were just a little colder nosed, I might have caught that. Or you know, in the in the same regard, sometimes they they do. You know, uh, a dog will open on a on an old track and kind of work and get it going a little bit, and then other dogs join him, and you end up catching. You think, well, you know, the that one's the one that, to have. But it, you know, I just found that uh, uh, if if you overbreed for just the, the desire to open on an old track, you end up with dogs that, uh, well, here's where that might offend people, but a, a dog that would rather trail than tree mm-hmm. or catch something. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're really, really bad. They, they, they don't care whether they trail forwards or backwards. And uh, that that's kind of a problem with uh, dogs, especially when you're in country, uh, lion country, where, uh, it, you know, trailing conditions are, are, uh, are for you, to, where you can see tracks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's difficult. And, and a lot of times uh, half the battle isn't, uh, between whether you got one that'll open on a bad track as opposed to one that'll go the wrong right way. And, uh, you know, a lot of times dogs that are just bred so much for nose, uh, it, you know, it's 50, 50, uh, and, and, and they don't care that much, uh, which way they go. And, and they, they get to a point where, you know, they'd rather trail a tree, you know, and they'll trail, tree a lion and then turn around, and trail it back. Now, and, uh, were you having and, a lot of problems with that? You, you know what? That? Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I, I didn't so much because, uh, Steve's dogs, uh, they're, they're a lot more cur-like than hounds, and uh, they're high-eared. They look look the same, but uh, and they're they're the ones that kind of convince me that that it isn't uh, those bloodhound characteristics in the okay. dog that 
that uh, make them good coal trailers and and his were smart and and extremely gamey and uh, uh, he kind of shifted me a, a little bit towards that kind of a dog you know and, uh, so anyway that's getting to be a long story but I <laughs> that's all right I uh, I I had heard about these curs, uh, you know, through Full Cry and, mm-hmm. and over the years, you know, and there, there was even one before, you know, uh, like guys, uh, bear trappers like DeMoss and stuff, you know, could got their dogs rigging on those uh, bears in, in traps, you know, off the road and stuff. But this guy was uh, crippled and and he had a cur dog, and he'd roll, put him in the back seat, roll the window down, drive around. That dog would strike a track. He'd open the door, let him out. He'd go tree a coon, and uh, for a while, and then this guy'd call him back. Back in the truck, they'd go. That's awesome. And uh, I thought, holy, you know, well, and I thought that's a a freak anomaly, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, a little bit it was, but. Uh, you know, th- there was still lots of people there that hunted them, you know, and, uh, y- you know, they'd go catch them, mess of squirrels before they, uh, you know, but there's a lot of guys that still used them on bear and boar, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and in- anyway, uh, one of the trappers who worked for me, uh, Woody Webb, he, he, he acquired one and... Uh, uh, you know, it was, a, uh, you know, pretty much a typical cur dog, but he, he, uh, and he was a hound guy too, originally, but he kind of shifted away. He had a, uh, strain of dogs and that's, that's what guys used to do for coyote work, uh, trap line work is, uh, in, in every state, there was two or three guys that were, were, crossing uh hounds and shepherds and airedales and yeah. and different dogs like that that they could use on the trap line and handle around livestock and uh you know th- things like like that kind of work and uh and and most of them didn't have districts with a lot of lion hunting or there there was uh like nevada there was uh lion specialist that just did lion work so okay any, anyway he you know he he had this pretty good strain of dogs that you know you could uh, trail up drags with and and uh you know uh catch and kill cripples and uh, uh you know and especially under the plane you start doing that a lot with a helicopter if one is wounded and crawls in the brush or just crawls in the brush and hide you know you can you can get them out but with the plane you know you can they they just won't come out you just can't find them and and uh, they won't run and if they don't run you can't shoot them so mm-hmm. uh you know uh they started and, and i got a few dogs for him from him for that uh but Anyway, and and that's about all I did with him was work him under the plane. But gotcha. anyhow, he uh, he had one, and, and I really liked it. And then I came to Nevada, and uh, I I did get that dog from from uh, Rich Holcomb, and 
and and I used them, uh, you know, on a few lion complaints, but uh, you know, he, he he wasn't definitely wasn't a multi-purpose dog, and and uh, you know, hounds, you, you majority you can't work on coyotes, and particularly here where there's a thousand to one, you know, uh, you you know, and and it's hard to break them off of coyotes uh if in in the first place and it's hard to really catch them you know they get away with a lot of them before you realize what yeah. they're doing and anyway it's it's a nightmare for a for a lion hunter with hounds to have them start running coyotes so in, anyway i i had him and and uh you know i thought well you know that dog that Woody had, you know, was kind of the ticket for coyote work. And uh, I I had a hound and I thought I'd get a few more as time went on. And I was supervising then. I came here as a district supervisor. And, and uh, you know, I, I was I did some lion work, but I because uh, we only had a part time lion hunter here. Okay. Anyway, uh, I. I. Uh, uh, it needed, you know, more more uh, power for uh, lions, but I also uh, worked under the plane. I supervised it as well, and uh, and I got out of the plane, quit gunning, because uh, that's a full-time job, too. And so anyway, I'd work under the plane locating coyotes and, and uh, running them out or, or catching the cripples under the plane. So... Uh, Delio Rowley, that uh, been in ADC for years, he his son mustered out a service in Virginia. I don't know if you want a whole book or not, but <laughs> no, I'm enjoying it, this. Anyway, I I had a chance. He, he, uh, his son was going to pick up uh, two or three, one for me, and two of his brothers. One, his son and his brother worked for me, so. I had him get each of us one, and because uh, uh, he was going there and coming through here. So mm. anyway, he he dropped uh, dropped me off, but you know that, that thing was just barely weaned. Now, but did they come straight from Robert Kemmer or somebody else? You know what? This came from a, a guy in Virginia, actuality, and and uh, the mail wasn't. Uh, uh, it, it was Robert. Well, it was more old stock. Uh, well, Roberts were too, but a different yeah. line. And, okay. But the mother, the mother was uh, one of Roberts' uh, blondie dogs. And, okay. Uh, uh, I I got this dog, and and uh, you know when he got big enough, I I uh, you know started hunting him, and uh, uh, and and I would take him, and when we'd go with Richard Holcomb. And, I mean, I worked him on coyotes. I used him to decoy, bring coyotes back. Mm -hmm. And and for uh, for stopping damage with coyotes, it it's always those dominant pairs that are that are killing the sheep. And uh, you know, you can trap a lot of coyotes, and and they're also the hardest to trap. Mm -hmm. And uh, and beings are older, there a lot of them are call wise and all of that. So anyway they're they're getting harder and harder with traditional tools but if you go around a band of sheep uh well that's another thing these are all 
these sheep here never are on a home ranch. Uh, yeah. Uh, they might might go to one to to ship, but uh, they shear them on the range and all of that. And anyhow, uh, they're moving all the time, and and it's a uh, trapping is difficult, but and you can catch a lot, but if you don't get that pair, you, you know you don't stop the killing and. And so you can go around a band of sheep that's having damage and howl. And a coyote, if they challenge bark you and back at you, uh, you know, 99% of the time, that's your problem right there. And, okay. and uh, uh, so uh, they, they, don't, they don't tolerate uh, another coyote or uh any canine in in their territory and uh, that's that's why that's one reason you know they're the ones mm -hmm. and uh so anyway if you if you howl and challenge barkham uh and these dogs these curs more than any breed you know those shepherd hound crosses airedale crosses and stuff i was telling you about you know you you might go through two litters of them before you get one that's really good at that and that uh will learn it fast uh in, anyway the, your dogs go to them and uh and let them chase them back mm -hmm. and uh you kill them you, you can go some other problem you know you just load up and, yep. and uh go somewhere else because uh, you got the right one but in, anyway uh now, how long shepherd, you, how long have you been decoying oh, coyotes Oh, uh, you know, at least, uh, 40 years. Okay. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that the practice had been around that long. I, cause I know, I guess, I mean, obviously the internet makes everything more accessible. Um, cause I remember when I kind of first started getting curves, like it wasn't as known. And then all of a sudden it kind of seemed to gain in some popularity and I guess, just be more talked about, be more known about, um, on the internet, you know? So that's why yeah. I, and that's been 15, 20 years ago, but. Yeah. Video cameras. And, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. And it, it got popular back then, you know, and, and, uh, you know, some, some guys that worked for ADC, you know, would, uh, teach, uh, trapping and this as part mm -hmm. of a, you know, uh, uh, kind of a mini, school for for people that wanted to get into this business and and they they've been doing it in, in this agency particularly in in utah and that's where the rallies were from and 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 steve got me my first job with the outfit but it was uh delisle rally was my supervisor and uh you know who's well even older than me by by far but anyway hit and his dad did it and uh th there was a guy named milt mccleary in in utah and mccleary he uh <clears throat> he's kind of the first guy <clears throat> he, he's credited with starting uh that uh okay. as a technique he, he was a famous caller he's one of the first that uh, used more you know, he used calls instead of traps, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he, you know, he, he 
the big numbers with a call, but that that was you know in the in the late forties and and uh, even a little before that and and uh, uh, you know before it got popular and everybody started calling uh, coyotes. You know mm. now uh, if a coyote catches a rabbit and it squeals, he drops it and runs. So, uh, yep. I know it's, how, it's getting popular how, around me. Yeah, yeah, smart they are. But in anyway, uh, I, I didn't uh, uh, invent it. And uh, Delio, uh, kind of his family, and that McCleary, and a lot of those guys in Utah's Todd did it. But the first time I I actually saw it was in Oregon when I when I first started with the outfit. A guy named Mark Cooper uh, was a trapper in Klamath County and uh you know he was a really good dog man and uh you know a hound hunter and uh you know he spent his whole life uh uh with dogs he was from North Carolina I think but he'd been in the west most all of his adult life and and worked for our outfit and and uh he he's the one especially that uh, got me to realize uh, that you could stop killing uh, with that method, mm-hmm. and 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 he actually had a hound. He, uh, that's all he had was hounds, but uh, he didn't use his lion and bobcat dogs on, you know, to decoy with. But he had a hound that was got lost when he was a pup and got ate up, you know, chewed up by coyotes and. Uh, kind of whipped out of them like off of them like a barrel do dogs and and this dog she would you know she would go to howling coyote and and uh let her let them chase her back and uh uh you know you could shoot them and uh you know so in, anyway i i saw him do that a couple of times and then i I I really didn't get any dogs because I same way I thought well that that's a real a, a non she won't chase them but she'll bring them back uh-huh. she won't you know that's a problem with with decoying with hounds even if you're not gonna uh, use them on lions they they that's all they'll do is just run coyotes all over the country and yeah. you'll be spending more money on gas hunting for them <laughs> and wait waiting for him to come back but anyway i kind of thought that was an anomaly at the time and then with the rallies and those people i i, I kind of saw but they 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 all use shepherds and and uh, mainly like that because uh, they're smart they they learn this quick they learn yeah. what'll happen when they bring the coyote back you shoot it and uh, uh, then they get to go over and wool it, and, and everybody's happy. But they, uh, you know, a couple of times like that, and especially if the coyotes get on them, mm-hmm. they think, you know, heck, why go out there? The coyote's going to get killed here. I'll just <laughs> stay right here. So anyway, they they uh, won't lure the coyote back to you, and. Uh, uh, because they don't just don't want to get risk getting ate up. But mm. anyway, I got these curves for that because I okay. I was the same way. I no way could they smell 
as good as this southwestern lion dog I'm packing around and and uh anyway and hunting with you know one of the best lion hunters in the southwest with with some of the best dogs and uh in any anyhow I I got this dog and and he he did really well and and for some reason this these dogs more than any I've found and I don't know whether it's because you know, you you turn them uh, young dogs in into hounds that are trailing or dogs that are trailing, and they go and and uh, and hit the track, you know, and they trail with them, and and uh, you know whether you know that the dogs that make the best dogs are ones that go to those other dogs trailing or whatever, but but they have more of a natural instinct than than any dog i've ever seen you know like 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 those those guys that are breeding the best mixtures of dogs uh you know one or two will make it out of every litter and and these dogs uh you know i've i've had four or five six of them at a time that would would go to howling coyotes bring them back to you you'd shoot them i'd chase down uh hundreds of coyotes literally a year have these dogs they chase them down and kill them and uh uh and then i i get horseback go up on the mountain and they're looking for lions and they they won't trail a coyote that that is isn't a blood trail okay and uh you know which is another thing that was amazing to me and so anyway uh, you know this dog would uh uh take tracks away from those those other dogs uh, old tracks even and and plus they're smart and they get them knowing where lions travel and they drift ahead and they don't you know lions are getting spoiled here because we we have snow all winter and, okay. and snow hunters and and most of them are miners with a lot of money that they don't kill them, which is fine, you know, uh, but they tree them, shake them out or just tree them and, and let them go. And they get real dog soured. And then when you got to come in the middle of August and try and catch them, you just can't do it with a dog very easily that that'll go back and forth on the track and go and make a lose, come back to where he lost it and and a lot of times and 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 they get up and start trotting away when they hear hear a dog anywhere and and by the time they get up to the jump you know the lion's through big ledges and gone and uh, so anyway it's getting tougher to catch these kinds of lions with those kinds of dogs and uh, and and they're still you know i still have a heart for you know hounds but uh now it's you know just not uh so anyway I, I i got rid of my hounds i didn't i thought well i don't need two packs of dogs and mm-hmm. and uh are so, your uh curves silent or are they open you know i uh mine are full open ball mouth uh you know they they just sound like one of one of my black and tans uh down in the canyon uh you can't yeah. you know yeah dude like yeah, yeah. Were your first dogs mine, open or 
You know that the one I was telling you, the first one I got, he he was open, but uh, he just had a, a kind of a shepherdy yip yap, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 but co- lion hunting, you know, you you don't lose them much, and and uh, you know you you uh, uh, you're with them a lot of the time, so it, it wasn't an inconvenience, you know, and. And I, you know, I wasn't surprised. Well, one thing I'm surprised he opened a lot, but uh, he he was full open, but it wasn't very. But you know, then then I got Stryker uh, through Robert, and uh, and he had he had a ball mouth like you know like a blue tick in the in one of them Tennessee hollows. You know, uh, he had a big ball mouth, but he, you know, he still trailed like a cur, and uh, and uh, he he was just, he was the best lion dog and the coldest nose, if you want to call it that, of any dog of any breed. Okay. Uh, I've ever hunted with. Uh, now that's the dog know, you've kind of lime bred on, it, right? Yeah, and <clears throat> you know, uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, and, and he's one I could, you know, I started him on coyotes and all of that, but, uh, uh, he was just, a anyway, really, really good lion dog. And, and, uh, you know, as far as just catching lions, uh, you know, month after month in these harsh conditions, uh, uh, I, you know, Steve's dogs were really really good game catching dogs but even they weren't this versatile and uh you know they're hard to break and stuff like that you know and I, uh, another thing that's a big advantage uh, with them is, you know you you can break them off livestock uh, and deer and one thing they they don't have much interest in uh catching stuff if it won't fight back or tree you know uh so they they deer break fairly easy they're not they're not you know what you'd hope uh uh as far as it goes you know one that's easy to break they're 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 hard to break but they don't take some of the uh correction that a that a hound will they'll yeah uh, they they just don't like that. But well, I, actually, I didn't know you had cur dogs, so none of this is news to you. But. No, I mean, but that's why, like I said, I come in looking for some big game curs, and there's not a lot out this way. So that's why I remember prior to Facebook, you know, your name kind of popped up a couple times on the old forums as far as one of the few people that had big game curs, and so that's why I was came to you because said most curs this way are squirrel dogs nowadays and getting smaller yeah well you know and and uh that's the thing uh you know squirrel hunting's getting more popular mm-hmm. in the east you know than uh than even coon hunting is and and people you know people are buying up those farms and subdividing them and mm-hmm. they don't want a, a dog trailing across their property you know and and so even guys that do like the coon hunt still, uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't want a dog cold trailing across the highway or, a, yep. 
two or three different plots of ground, you know. No, that, so. That's exactly why I got into Kurt Oaks, because I live in a, an area that's very subdivided. Um, most of the properties aren't very big. So I hunt dogs that are, hunt, you know, relatively close. And if they do get out of pocket, they all handle. So I can get them yeah. back pretty quickly and easily. Um, that's pretty much why I went, started hunting cur dogs. And, uh, and that's one of the big reasons I like them. But now that I'm doing a little bit of bear hunting, I look for something I can yeah. do, can do both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you said, yeah. that versatility. Yeah, and they they are aggressive on bear. I I really don't hunt them. All I do is lion hunt. And mm-hmm. uh, now you know I'm retired, but uh, all I really like to do is is dry ground lion hunt. And, okay. Uh, uh, you know, any anyway, uh, that's that's my passion and life and uh, this late date mm-hmm. in my life, but. Anyhow, uh, they just, you know, I've just had good luck with them. That's all I can say. And, uh, uh, you know, that's kind of, and I I never really, the only time I I bred them was uh, when when I needed, a, you know, a young dog or replacement to tracks. And, and I sold them to most guys in the outfit and, and uh, they just used them. And when they, they were old they'd come and and get another one for me or yeah or try to anyway and so i didn't i didn't breed a lot of them but one of the few smart things i did in my life was uh have uh striker semen drawn okay and uh you know he's been dead for 20 years but i got a litter of pups out of him right now awesome yeah now what's it going to take for me to buy one of those <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what this that, that uh with this letter uh i i've actually only went back to him twice because i had his sons and okay yeah. and uh they, they were good lion dogs and uh his daughters and and uh and uh but about 10 years ago i i i bred to him and uh i got uh uh five pups all females for some reason and uh uh three of them got laid on and Ooh. died the first night and uh so anyway i just had two and and then i I've, I've used them on and off and uh mm-hmm. then then uh you know about this time last year uh well, one thing, his semen was in Oklahoma City uh, at once, once frozen, and it was really difficult with the progesterone tests and all yep. of that. And, and I was working uh, and trying to get him there quick enough. And uh, so anyway, uh, I got a hold of a place in, in Las Vegas, which is, you know, still, uh, you know, seven, eight hours away. But uh mm. They, I have a house down there, and uh, it's supposed to be my winter home, you know. <laughs> so uh, I can, I can lion hunt uh, uh, on bare ground. But uh, well, anyway, I'm a wrestling coach, and uh, okay, uh, you know that that's in the 
winter when I'm supposed to be down there and I can't seem to wean myself away from that but <laughs> I think I, I will in the next year or two but in, anyhow that's kind of a sideline but in, anyway I've got it down there and I can go down there and stay at, yeah. at that house through a whole heat cycle if I need to and yep. and, and uh, so it's handy now and Definitely. Uh, I think for long I'll do it again but anyway this time the female, you know, I did that. I let him, I kept thinking, well, next season I'll take him down or take him to Oklahoma City. And uh, I I did that for three years or so. Anyway, the female was, was getting pretty old. And, uh, and so uh, anyway, I, I waited too late probably to breed her, but uh, uh she only had three pups, okay. but they all sur- all survived. And I thought, in, you know, she didn't look very much bred anyway. And <laughs> and par- part of it, I, I do this every time. I, I'll, I'll look at them and say, man, she looks like she's getting a little big down here and <laughs> lying across her belly. And yeah, she looked. And then... Uh, I just go weeks and weeks and no change. And I thought, oh, hell, she's probably not bred. She didn't look bred. And then in, in two two weeks or whatever, uh, 20 days, they, they go from that to being big, you know. Yep. And I thought, and but she never really got all that big. But in, anyhow, so uh, I... She had one, and uh, it was a female, and a big, nice one, too. And uh, uh, I thought, oh, man, well, no matter what, you know, I I, I got something to breed to. And then yeah. uh, uh, she had another female, and I thought, oh, boy, that's really what I really, really had to have was two in case something happened to one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway, I went to bed, and when I got up, she had another male down there. Nice. And I thought, you know, and I, I really wanted a male. And mm-hmm. and for me, you know, I uh, my, my brother uh, likes females, and, uh, and I mean, I like them too, uh, of course, but in, in this, in, under brutal conditions and... Uh, uh, you know, males maybe because they're not so as smart. You know, uh, you know they, they just will. You know, they're kind of like a stallion horse. You know, they just want to see what's over the hill, and they want to. You know, anyway, they just uh, can can get you through when nothing nothing else is working. You know, yeah. uh, and. Uh, you know, so so anyway, that that's why I like males, and and I was of course open to get one, but uh, that anyway, that that made my day. But in, in retro, in, or back to your comment, you know, I just got to <laughs> guard those with my life. I hope I understand. You know, if I'd had a five or six, and you know, there's lots of people mad at me <laughs> over that. I wouldn't say mad at me, but. A yeah. few, but not, I just, you know, my my brother though he, you know, he, well, it's really my nephew Garrett, and and he borrowed the, those two females that uh, out of Stryker, and and he he bred, bred raised and sold a, 
a, a lot of pups out of them too. And uh, anyway, uh, bef- before I got them back, mm. and uh, they, they're the parents of these pups. You okay. Know, uh, that striker too, you know, he's he's uh, my dog. And anyway, I I I uh, uh, I bred his sister, and she's a really good lion dog. Nice. In in anyhow, uh, uh, she can put me on the list for the next one then. (laughs) Other, well, yeah, and other people, uh, you know, got dogs from him, and and uh, uh, but and uh, you know, guys that been waiting on me. I mean, there's a lot that just give up as far as that goes, but yeah, but. some of them, and some of them, I I'd legitimately like to get them in the hands of, of of those guys. You know, I mean, I I I always have been and can be uh, real particular. Anyway, you know, Garrett he does raise and sell some of them, but okay, that that's where like uh, the guy in Florida and and uh, some of those hog hunters there. Okay, yeah. Uh, now. Are all your dogs yellow, or do you have any black or brindle? I, I, uh, I you know, Striker was yellow, and if you breed two yellows together, uh, you'll only get yellow ones. But uh, they, they all have the brindle gene, and uh, I've always had that. The first one was that uh, the dog I, you know, got. My first one was he was Brindle. Okay. Uh, and uh, but I, I really didn't breed him that much because he was he was a good dog, but uh, uh, he he had some faults, you know. He was a uh, uh, anyway. It, it just things like you know you could go on a tough, really tough, tough hunt and come back in dragging tired, you know, uh, caught a lion or didn't. And once you got within half a mile of the truck, he, you had to watch him like a hawk because he <laughs> knew we were going back and he'd take off. And, and, uh, he didn't like to quit. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just a uh, pain in the neck. But, you know, I mean, it was a good quality. He didn't want to quit. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he could have made an exception in my case when we got within a hundred yards of the truck but yep. so i just had to, i just had to watch him and he if i if i see him slipping off I, he'd come back and he wouldn't leave but mm-hmm. in, anyway you know he didn't have a mouth like these dogs and uh you know he he was uh and and all curves got a little bit of this but you know he was he was just a dominant male and he had his way around here pretty much uh Till I got other dogs, but you know, he, he, he couldn't throw him in a dog box with a couple others. Well, you can't any of these curves and bounce them around mine. And part of it may be from killing so many coyotes, but you know, I, I, I couldn't, he, he wouldn't fight at the tree or fight when you were hunting or anything. None of them would, but, but you just couldn't put, uh, you know, three or four on it in the dog box and 
drive around a couple hours, they'd they'd be in a fight. So gotcha. it it was more inconvenient because mm-hmm. you can put them together, you have less room. But but I got one of those dog boxes that you put. Uh, well, I had it in the front of my horse trailer too. But in anyway, it's you know it stands up and and uh, behind the back window like. Mm-hmm one of those sleepers and okay. anyway i put them in, in their own dog box and that way if uh in anyhow good. even if he kind of got good dogs you can't you know like take a couple and go make a big circle and leave a couple in there together because they'll get bored and get in an argument <laughs> too so in any now, anyway, are your dogs that, quirky in any other ways like i know a lot of cur dogs just one person dogs or um what? just weird things yeah yeah they they are in fact a lot of them uh you know uh uh most people call it shyness but robert he he calls it uh oh crap now i can't think of it but you know that they're uh uh skeptical of mm-hmm. of uh people they don't know and uh stuff like that but but you know mine uh none of mine have been that way but i i just you know uh, with the government i couldn't hunt with a lot of different people mm-hmm. and uh for for one thing and uh and i i couldn't hunt with friends on the weekends or nothing like that because you know they, they the guides and stuff would complain and claim I was guiding or that I use my information uh from my job to to catch lions with uh for fun. So anyway, I, I've just never hunted with different guys and mm-hmm. and uh but I can say, you know, I I know these dogs and and if you if you you know get them and put one in the pen for a year and and uh don't spend much time with them uh and especially you know don't let other people spend a little bit of time with them uh they they very likely will be one man dogs yeah uh, i know uh my one female she's she's very particular who she will go to um she's a leopard cur but um, yeah. bro, on paper she's a hound, but <laughs> you look at her, she's a cur dog. Um, yeah. But she's very particular who she goes to, and that's actually how I got her. Uh, friends of mine, a couple that owned her, she would go to the woman, but not to the guy, to the man. And you know, one time he was trying to catch her out of a tree after treeing a bear, and he's like, she just took a while for him to catch, and he got pretty aggravated. He's like, I can't hunt a dog that won't come to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I I kind of understand that, but uh, with these dogs, I mean, I've I've never had one uh, really that was that that way. Uh, well, I've had a couple that uh, you know, if you scold them or or uh, lose your temper and uh, throw them in the dog box or something. Uh, It'll take them a little while to get their feelings unhurt, so you can yep. get your hands on them for a little bit. But they're, you know, that's that's usually when they're pups anyway. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, any anyway, they they have a different temperament than yeah. at least the a- average hound. Uh, that's kind of what my experience with most mountain curs has been. You know, you you got to be careful getting on them. Is like the, like yeah. you said, they kind of just shut down. Yeah, I had one uh, dog I called Cougar. He was a half brother to Striker, and he he they were uh, out of litter mates. Uh, they had different sires, but anyway, okay. uh, that that dog he he uh, he was a nice nice dog, but he he. He didn't, uh, you know, especially, you know, I hunted every day and they weren't around people and uh, uh, anything like that. And he, he wouldn't let a stranger pick him up. I, I, I had a split race on a lion, you know, uh, 150 miles northwest of here. And uh, uh, they, him and a, a female I had, uh, went well say say north and the others kind of went uh east and uh mm. and uh those two dogs went the other way anyway i i uh stayed with those other dogs and and caught the lion and uh, uh i didn't have you know uh telemetry in those days and uh he anyway uh neither one of them showed up and uh uh i i waited that night then i then i left and uh went home and and came back checked on them every day for two or three days and uh there there was a mine up in the mountains there and uh i got a call from the mine that she was up there and so I, I I went and got her, and then uh, I had to leave for uh, two weeks anyway. Uh, and one of the guys that worked for me was was feeding the dogs. And uh, so anyway, I call call him once, twice a week to see everything is okay. And and I never heard nothing more about Cougar and and. Uh, I figured, you know, he fell off a ledge and the lion got him. Mm-hmm. In, anyway, uh, uh, he's feeding my dogs here, and he said, well, say, the other day there's a uh, one of your dogs loose, and uh, I, there wasn't any pens open, and I don't remember feeding him, you know, but I opened the pen, and he went right in, so I'm feeding this dog. Anyway, it was him. He he came all the way home, wow. and uh, you know, this is one of those things. I, That's crazy. You know, you put him in a dog box and haul him around. I drove, you know, out to the highway. I drove on Interstate 80 for a hundred hundred miles per near, and then turned north and uh, you know went up there. I I don't even know how how they could. You know, yeah, heck, how, if I, how if could I a dog looked, <laughs> figure that out? Yeah. Anyway, he was, he showed up there. He was skinny, but you know, he, he wouldn't let anybody catch him or go into a mine like that. He was mm. probably with her when she, when she did that. But yeah, 
anyway, he decided I wasn't coming back, so he's gonna come he home. Got me. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You don't hear stories like that these days. Yeah. And granted, with GPS, it's not. It's a good thing because yeah. most time it's not needed. But yeah, even when dogs do get lost, you just don't tend to hear of stories like that. Which again, if you talk, I've talked to or heard from other old timers, and they say like that homing ability that dogs used to have just doesn't seem to be there like it used to be. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know they, they, uh, you know before, uh, you know, I mean, uh, before that, you know, people just give up on them, and uh, if, uh, uh, you know, if they if they didn't come back, you know, and I think uh, uh, now dogs don't don't. Uh, really get that opportunity that often you know mm-hmm. uh, uh but very interesting it, it's crazy yeah now, what size do your dogs tend to run well mine are, are are fairly big you know and uh and striker was big and uh all his well all those dogs were were big you know and and i'd say uh 50 60 pounds uh he he was uh really kind of big and had a big huge chest on him and and he he didn't appear to be very leggy because you know he was big all the way around sort of but uh you know he he weighed quite a bit and uh and he wasn't a super fast dog but uh you know he always got through and uh when the worse it got, the more ahead he got. But uh, and and don't get me wrong, I've had a lot of good dogs like him, never quite him, you know. And yeah. and I I I wouldn't expect to ever have one like him again. I was blessed to have him. But uh, uh, in, anyway, he he. Uh, but like this striker too, and I I don't know if you've seen any pictures of Tony's dogs, but. Uh, he, he still weighs about that, but, but he's, you know, four or five inches taller and he's, uh, you know, got a narrow chest and, and long legs anyway. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and talking about brindle dogs, I kind of got off that a little bit, but, uh, I, I, uh, I, I've always, uh, you know, I had that, a dog called Rachel that uh, I I bred uh, Striker too, and and anyway, I've always had one Brindle dog in my pack pretty much. Uh, okay. Uh, through the years, and I've got one now that uh, uh, that's Brindle. He's out of one of those sisters, him and that's Striker two, and the female I bred Striker two. Uh, anyway, he was the only dog that survived that litter. Okay. And, uh. You do get a little bit of color. It's not just all yellow all the time. <laughs> you know, and, uh, there, actually the, uh, those two females are, you know, uh, striker two, you know, I, I, I kept four of those dogs out of, uh, uh, 
those two female daughters of Stryker that, you know, I was telling you, uh, they gear bred uh, to a lot. Anyway, uh, I had a really, really good lion dog here uh, and, uh, called Copper that was out of a dog called Tigre that was a good lion dog. Anyway, uh, his grandmother was a brindle dog. And uh, anyway, I... Uh, well, his mother was Brendel also, and I, I bred to her, and she had uh, two Brendels, and uh, I kept a kind of a reddish one, and, and and him, and they were really nice built, nice dogs. But anyway, uh, when uh, I got short on dogs and put off breeding that other one, I I I bred him both to those sisters, and I got one. Brenda one out of him and uh that she didn't, she didn't have colostrum in her milk and I found out too late uh and and the whole litter died but him Ooh. and uh yeah not has so, always the best luck yeah I know I haven't I I really haven't my my brother and people that have bred him have you know nine ten eleven pups and they all survive, but anyway, I've had hard luck that way. I, you know, I had really good females. That, the brother to those, or the sister to that Brindle dog, uh, I was going to breed her to strike her, and uh, she just tipped over at four years old in the in the pen. I never really knew what happened to her, but uh, another daughter, I called her Rachel as well, and. Uh, uh, she was a really good lion dog, but she never came in heat. Dang, that's a big loss. Yeah. So anyway, that's why I kind of got down on uh, on dogs and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll never be too much down as long as I got, you know, semen. So. Yeah. Now, when did you get Striker? Like, how long ago was he alive? Well, I I think I got him in '88 or '9. Gotcha. Uh, I think I got Rip in 88 and him in 89, but around in there anyway. Okay. And uh, uh, he, let's see, 89, 99. I think he died in 2000. Okay. Well, that's awesome, though, that you have semen from him and that you're still being able to get ups off of him and you now 20 years yeah. later. 20 years after yeah. he's dead, so. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, he, even when I first did it, I just wondered, you know, uh, I thought, man, how can this work? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I thought, anyway, when, when I got that first litter of five pups, I thought, uh, he'll live forever now. Live as long as I do, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it is great. Definitely. That's the trouble, but that's why people don't breed good dogs. I mean, the trouble is they don't live as long as you do. And uh, but if they did, there wouldn't be many dogs around. Exactly. Thank you for taking the time and telling me all this, man. Oh, I, I really yeah. appreciate it. 
Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I got it all. Don't apologize for anything. I love the old stories and all the history and heck. I'd love to talk to you more just about some of the old stuff like that, you know, about Steve and Wiley and, you know, these guys that you knew that are, you know, just talk about that. But like I said, I knew I wanted to get into your chemers because that was the whole reason I called you because I didn't even know you knew all that, those guys. And so. Yeah, I've had a blessed life. Got to do what I love and love what I did. and uh, Got to know some great people along the way. And uh, I don't mean to sound morbid, but it's not quite over yet. Like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me tonight and, you know, me springing this whole podcast thing on you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.